Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I just have a couple announcements. Th today, tonight, 6 o'clock, we have a women's ministry meeting. We are having a taco bar, and we are going to fellowship, and I'm super excited. So please, if you're a woman and you're not doing anything, or if you are, cancel it. Come right. here, 6 o'clock, yes, right? Women's ministry meeting, okay? All right, next Sunday, the 31st, we will be having a costume parade from infants all the way to youth group. And between that age, you can, you can participate, all right? So we're going to meet over in the activity center at 9.50 in the morning, okay? And we're going to walk over here together. And then beginning of service, we're going to just simply walk around the sanctuary. We get to show off our costumes. And then we're going to head back to the foyer and then... We guys can be dismissed, whether it be nursery, sanctuary, or children's church. All right, so please participate. I'm super excited. I want this to be fun for the kids. I know they've had a weird past two years, all right? I wanted to do something that's going to be fun and celebratory for them, okay? So remember, next Sunday, which is the 31st, okay? Be here, 9.50, costume, and we're going to have some fun, okay? You can get a goodie bag as well if you participate. All right, and Pastor Charlie. Amen. God's doing great things in this church, is he not? Yes, he is. Amen. Amen. Well, if you'll stand with me today as we get ready to prepare our faith statement. If you'll follow along with me today, we are sword drawn, word ready, what purpose filled. We will not be denied, and in Jesus' name, we will do everything. How? How? Amen. Amen. We are a triumphant people. Amen. As God also provides for us, He provides for our finances. And the reason He provides for our finances isn't just so that we can pay our bills. He provides for our finances, as we stayed in here, that we will have more than enough to give into the kingdom work. So as we say our state faith statement over our finances today, follow with me. We, as we receive today's offering, we are believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, Expenses decrease, blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many people find yourself in one of these statements here? Jobs, better jobs. Raise your hand if you find yourself in one of these situations. Amen? Well, you know what? God can do, and He will do. 
today I want us to think about uh, the scripture I've been pondering over today. It's been in John 14. And I'm going to begin in verse 15. And Jesus has been with the disciples. He's been leading them. They've been with him, seeing all the miracles. He's been training and teaching them. And he's wrapping up his ministry. Okay, he's getting ready to go to the cross. And he's kind of giving them final words of wisdom. And he's kind of giving them kind of a bow on everything that he's been teaching them. So John 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. People, he's going to give you the helper. He gave the disciples. The helper has been with us since then. And the helper indwells within us, and he will never leave us. He is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. How many people can lose your car keys? How many people have misplaced a paper or something you've been looking for? How many people have heard the statement, if my head wasn't attached, I'd lose it too? Well, the helper, the Holy Spirit that God sent, he sent to dwell in us. You can't lose him. He's inside of you. And he goes on to say, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you a little while longer, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and, the manif and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Church, we serve the same God that the disciples were serving and living with. The Holy Spirit that the disciples were being promised here is the same Holy Spirit that lives where? In us. And if he's told the disciples that they will be taught all things by the Holy Spirit, what will the Holy Spirit do for us? He will teach us all things and he will bring to our remembrance the words that the Father has taught us. So as we worship today, Let's worship the God 
that knows all things, the God who sent the Holy Spirit, who dwells so much in us that we are one with him. And he's promised us he will never leave us. That is the God we serve. Amen. Amen. Come on, are you thankful for that this morning? Come on, he is on the throne. He is still in control. Come on, let's testify.
Thank you, Jesus. Come on, your own words. Sing a new song to the Lord. He inhabits our praises. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we need your presence. We need you. Lord, we need you, Jesus. We need you, Lord. Let the spirit 
your presence here today. Although you never leave us, God, thank you for your manifest presence in this place, God. And we can almost slice with a knife. Lord, we thank you for that, God. You're the reason we're here, God. Thank you for coming on our praises, God. Thank you for sitting enthroned in our praises. And thank you for changing hearts, answering prayers, doing what only you can do, God. Thank you for miracles, God. Lord, we're going to praise you before our eyes even see it. Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you, God. Lord, we thank you, God. So good. So good. Lord, we thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. 
presence is so real in this place. Lord, I thank you, God. I believe he's answered prayers in here. I believe he is answering prayers. We just got to walk it out. We got to continue to praise and thank him as if we already see it with our eyes. Amen. Come on, look at somebody say, he is still on the throne. He's still working. He is still on the throne. Yes, he is. Amen. Amen. You can head back towards your seats. He is on the throne. Hello, one, two, one, two. Awesome. I think that's good. I'll move it up a little bit. That good? Everyone, can you hear me? Good to go. Rock and roll. All right. Fix this. What? Well, that's, listen. Before y'all like, Pastor, how am I supposed to take notes? Y'all, this is my think board. I literally... This, this, this is what we're doing today, okay? And if you want to take a picture, please take a picture after. I'd love if you did. But listen, I have everything I say today. I want you to write down the scriptures, okay? And so here, would you stand with me as we pray before we, we really get into my think board today of what, man, I've just been wrecked by this. All right. King Jesus, we thank you for being with us today, that we don't have to beg you to come into our presence, but we literally have union with you. Like, what? We are one with Jesus Christ. Oh my goodness, that's the gospel. So Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for this day. And everyone who's here today was meant to be here today. And Jesus, just as you have wrecked me with this revelation of your love and your goodness and your oneness with me, I pray that everyone's hearts in here would be changed. That this is not a day for head knowledge. This is not a day for head knowledge. We've had enough of that. This is a day for the revelation of the heart. That a marriage between our spirit and Jesus Christ would happen today. A covenant would happen today where we are changed and transformed forever. So Jesus, the Jesus that is in me, speak through this earthen vessel today. Let the people hear, hear your love, hear your mercy, and hear your grace. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Y'all, I, I got, who in here has grown up in church? Who in here grew up in church? Who in here has been saved for a really long time? Okay, okay, okay. Obviously, I grew up in church. You, knew, you know who my family is. All right, so I, I, got, I got saved at a very, very early age. I think I was like four. And as soon as I got saved, I wanted Jordan to be saved. So I, I tried to preach the gospel to my one-year-old brother. So even at a very age, I became very zealous. And I believed this with my whole heart. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible told me so. And at four years old, I believed that with all of my heart but then religion came into my life. And I loved Jesus, and I loved him, and then I was told, Josiah, you can only be closer to God if you read your Bible this much. You can be closer to God if you pray this much. And the more I failed, the more I ran. So by the age of 16, 17, 18, I wanted nothing to do with God. And I played the church game, and I played the part, and you know, Jesus is over there, that's cool, but I'm going to do my thing because I was told you have a personal relationship with Jesus. So in my mind, Jesus was over there somewhere, right? Jesus is over here. You have a personal relationship with Jesus. He's, he's over there somewhere. 
So obviously, right, I, I rededicated my life back to the Lord. I got right with Jesus, right? Yes, I love Jesus. Jesus is awesome. He's my friend. He's my brother. And I gave my life back to Jesus. But that mindset of striving was instilled in me in a very young age and has stayed with me my entire life of striving to be good enough for God. I knew Jesus died for me. That's not a problem. I understand that. I, I, I understand that. You see what I'm doing? I understand that. But a head knowledge is much different than a heart knowledge. And it's one thing to read the Bible through for head knowledge. It's another thing to ponder on the words of our Messiah and let them soak into your heart. And so the past couple months, Brother Norman might, might remember in our men's group, and Pastor Charlie remembers that whenever a couple weeks ago, we were going over John chapter 17. So listen, all I have in this PowerPoint is scriptures today. We were going through John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23. And we got to this part where this is what Jesus says. But also for those who will believe in me, right? I highlighted the point that just kind of got me and messed me up. But also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be, what is that word? One? What? As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in who? Who's us? It's the Holy Trinity. Jesus is saying that they would be one in us. So, yo, that, I don't know if Pastor Charles remembers this in me, but I was like, it's not unity. That's not the word. Unity means like-mindedness. Unity means you're striving after the same goals. Unity means you're going after the same thing. Bradley, you remember this? How messed up? I was so messed up because it wasn't, it wasn't unity. It was a oneness. And so I'm messed up by this and I'm constantly, I've been messed up by this for a while, y'all. This has been months. Everything I've been preaching has been revolving around it, but I wasn't getting where I knew I needed to be. Does that make sense? I was around it. The Holy Spirit and Jesus himself was leading me to it, but I wasn't there yet. I was around it, but I wasn't there yet. So I actually, for the first time in about two years, I reconnected with the guy who led me to the Lord, Joshua Jones. It was random. It was out of nowhere. He just called me. I was like, what, what in the world? I haven't talked to this guy in forever. So this was two Saturdays ago. And we're talking on the phone, and he mentions the word union. Union. And I said, that's it. That's the word. And he said, what are you talking about? That is what I had been looking for. That's the word. That's the oneness that Jesus was talking about. It's union. So you can ask Pastor Charlie, you can ask Miss Melody, my aunt. This right here is just, is just the surface of what we're hitting today, but this is my thought board, okay? And one thing I realized is that in the, in the Christian faith in America, we have a lot of sacred cows. Now, Pastor Josiah, what do you mean by that? Right, it's, sacred cows is a reference to Hinduism, right? They, they hold that. But what that is saying is that we have things that we have built up in our own minds through religion that we hold at just a high level as God. So it could be a theology, right? And if you've been in church long enough, you've heard a lot of things in church, right? You've heard a lot of things preached, adoption, justification by faith, salvation, right? These are terms you've heard before. Revelation, the rapture, hell, heaven, right? We've heard all these things preached. We've heard have a personal relationship with Jesus. And do you know what I'm discovering in my own heart? Having personal relationship with Jesus is a great place to start, but it's a poor place to finish. 
You hear me? Having a personal relationship with Jesus, personal relationship, what does that mean? Miss Jackie, I have a personal relationship with you. I have a union with my wife. I know Miss Jackie. I know of Miss Jackie. I know things about Miss Jackie, but I know my wife. And my wife, in return, knows me. So we in American Christianity are told, have a personal relationship with Jesus. Can I tell you the reason we have so much inconsistency in the church is because the church is not married to Christ. Christ is just a friend. Do you know how easy it is to text your friend and cancel plans? Anyone ever cancel plans on a friend? Hey, I'm supposed to hang out today and I don't really feel like it. Hey, I got something come up. But spouses, what do we do? We usually do about just about everything together. When you are in union with Jesus... You can't be inconsistent because where you go, he is. And where he is, you want to go. Mm, that's too good. Will you stand and read this with me? I want, to, I want us to read this together. This is, our, this is our first scripture today. This is our first scripture today. And I want, I want you to read it with me. All right, this is just the Good News Bible. All right, don't, don't get caught up. If you want to read it in the New King James, by all means, it says the same thing, just in a little bit different way. All right, all right read with me. But God has brought you into union with Christ Jesus. And God has made Christ to be our wisdom. By him we are put right with God. We become God's holy people and are set free. So then, as the scripture says, whoever wants to boast must boast of what the Lord has done. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. So can I tell you, listen, I... In my heart of hearts, I have found the gospel for the first time. Don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. I didn't say I just found the Bible, right? I've read the Bible. I've read through the New Testament at least 15 to 20 times easily. I love the New Testament, right? I'm not saying I just found the church. I'm not saying I just found Jesus. I'm saying I have just found the gospel, the good news. And can I tell you in the past week, I have been radically transformed even more than he already did. I've been radically transformed. I, being a young pastor, I felt as if I had to strive to get closer to God so y'all could be closer to God. And I, I felt this burden on me, this burden to strive to go, to go, to go, right? But what I didn't realize is I don't have to strive for anything. Listen, Christ is in God. We understand that, right? We got that, right? Christ and God are the same person. God is in Christ. Christ is in us we have one spirit, one spirit. It's not about a personal relationship, but union. First Corinthians, first Corinthians, here we go. First Corinthians 6, 17 says, but he who is joined, he who has union to the Lord is what? What is that word? One spirit with him. How much closer can you get to someone than having the same spirit as them. How much closer could we possibly get? John 15, 5, we've talked about this here. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Listen, does a branch have personal relationship with the vine or union with the vine? What was that? Union with the vine. Y'all, I preached on this and I didn't even fully get it. We're not, we're not related to Christ. We are one with Christ. What does scripture say? I, it's no longer I who live, 
but Christ who lives in me. Oh my goodness. Listen, a marriage, a union between our spirit and Jesus must take place or we will forever be stuck in the friend zone. You hear me? We will forever be stuck in the friend zone and never the true bride of Christ. I got two things to say about this. All my macho men out there who think this is weird, you need to get right with Jesus. If, if, if saying my spirit is married to Jesus makes you uncomfortable, you need to know Jesus more. It's so much deeper than that. We see marriage, man and woman, it's so much deeper. Marriage is just an example, right, of true union we can experience on the earth. So what am I saying here? You and Jesus, your spirit has to become one with Jesus. Where it's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. Listen, when I met my wife, I knew automatically I didn't just want to be her friend. After two dates, I knew for a fact I never just wanted to be stuck in the friend zone. After three dates, I knew that was going to be the woman I wanted to marry, and I wasted no time. After eight months, we were engaged. Four months later, we were married. But we've been playing this church religion game for so long, we've kept Jesus in the friend zone when he's been sitting there with a ring in his hand. Church, do you know who Jesus is coming back for? Who? Who? So if you're stuck in the friend zone, what's going to happen? Church, we've been playing religion too long. Let me tell you this. Christianity, and I'm learning this more and more in my heart, Christianity is not a religion. It's a marriage and a covenant to Christ. Do you know what religion tells you? You've got to follow umpteen hundred rules to get close to God. You know what the gospel tells you? Jesus already did it. Can I tell you this? I have strived for so long. Listen, y'all, because I, I grew up as an athlete. Do you know what athletes are told? You don't perform well, you don't get in the game. So for me, that mindset was instilled in me in a very young age that no matter what you do, if you do not perform well, you will not live well. You will not achieve well. You will not be put where you want to be. And can I tell you today, union deals with old covenant striving versus new covenant living. Are, are we living in the new covenant? Are we, are we in the new covenant? Yes? I want to tell you all a story. In World War II, the Japanese had soldiers stationed in Korea, okay? And so this is World War II. One of the sergeants told, I believe his name was Ordo. I, I believe that's the sergeant name. He told his sergeant, Ordo, to stay here until he comes back for him. Okay? He said, no matter what anyone tells you, do not leave your station. No matter what, do not leave your station. Don't do it, right? He said, we're, we're getting back. We're getting back at the Americans. We're going to win this war. This is right before Pearl Harbor. He said, we're going to win this war. Little Bonoxta the Ordo, did he know that the Americans had dropped nuclear bombs on the Japanese? People tried to tell Ordo that the war was over, but he thought they were American spies. Ordo lived for 29 years after the war was over, thinking that it was still World War II. 29 years he lived in that mindset of the war still going on. Little unbeknownst to him that the war had been over for 29 years, yet he was still living in the mindset of the old. You know, you know what that shows me? How often do we forget about what Jesus did and that his work was completely finished? How often are we like Ordo where we're stuck living in an Old Testament? We're stuck striving in an Old Testament. We're stuck in the mindsets and ideologies of what we've been told. When Jesus came and said, what did he say? Here, let's look. Matthew, let's look. Matthew 11, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. What did Jesus say? 
Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What is Jesus saying? All of you who are beat down by life, all of you who have bondage, trying to achieve, trying to strive to get closer to me, all of you, listen, because I love God. Let me tell you, I have loved God for years, but I was striving to get to him. And this is, what is Jesus saying? Striving, he said, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, give me all your crap. Give me all your baggage. Give me all your scars. And do you know what I'll give you in return? Rest. Who in here has strived to get closer to God? You tried in all your might through your own ability to get close to God. How mentally draining is that? Because you can have one good week and then you sin and then you feel like you have to restart. Do you know how much toll that takes on your mind to strive for something you could never achieve? Do you know what a yoke was? A yoke had two spaces for two oxes, right? And so the oxes would pull alongside one another. Did you know that a yoke, the strength and union of the yoke, the strength of the stronger became the strength of the weaker, and the weaker would pull according to the strength of the stronger? Can I tell you, in union with Jesus, his strength is yours, and he takes all your weakness and all your crap, and he gives you his strength? But we have a lot of Christians stuck in condemnation. What does what Romans 8 1 say? For all those who are in Christ Jesus, right, you're free from condemnation. Do you know why Christians walk in condemnation? Because we're not in Christ Jesus. You can walk away from a personal relationship anytime you want. Even with my aunt, if I decided I didn't want nothing to do with her, I could leave her. But even if I divorced my wife, that union would always be there. A part of me would always be there. Are we seeing the beauty of oneness with Christ? My heavens. Let, let, let's go back. I'm telling y'all, this is my think board. We're just, we're working off of this because we've got to get this. John 17, 20 through 23. This is Jesus' prayer for all believers to come. Remember, I said, I don't care if you write down anything I say. I want you to write down what the scriptures that are on that board because I need y'all to get this. I can't get this for you. John 17, 20 through 23. This is Jesus' prayer for all believers to come. And what was he praying for? Let's read it all the way through. I do not pray for these alone, talking about his disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. And they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. And they also may be one in us. That's what messed me up right there. That the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. What? He has given us his glory? Oh my goodness. And they may be one just as we are. What's that word? One. As the Father. Oh my gosh. I in them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in what? One. And that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. God loves me as much as he loves Jesus? Y'all, please, please just ponder, just, just for 10 seconds, ponder the scripture. And think about the way you talk about yourself. Can I tell you, that for us to get where we want to be in this church, each one of us must understand we have to be in union with the Holy Trinity. So this, this little diagram I have right here, right here, we have to be, I, me, Pastor Josiah has to be in union with the Holy Trinity. You also have to be in union with the Holy Trinity. And then this comes to pass and we have unity in the church. When Jesus is truly ruling and reigning in our hearts, guess what? The fleshly nature is not allowed to rule and reign in the church. 
Do, do we understand that? The reason we see inconsistency, the reason we see strife and anger and malice in the church, why people leave the church because they got offended. Do you know why? Because Jesus is just a friend, not their Lord and Savior, not their king, not their husband, not in union with them. Because your flesh is going to tell you a lot of things, but you know what, you know what Jesus is going to tell you? Everything according to his word. Do we understand the Bible is, while it's the written word of God, do we understand that Jesus is the literal word of God? He's the logos of God. Jesus will never contradict himself. So don't you come to me and tell me Jesus told you to leave because you're offended. Do you know what Jesus would tell? You know what he'd tell you? Bear the burdens of the weaker. But when we're in union with Jesus, we don't even think about what our flesh wants to do. And can I tell y'all things that used to frustrate me about this church? I, you know what I do? I think, how would Jesus look at this? And you know what he tells me? They don't get it yet, but they will. Do you understand that everything Jesus did was grace and mercy and truth? Y'all, listen, I also want to tell you this. With the Pharisees, did you know when he calls them hypocrites, he wasn't being rude and mean? Do you know what a hypocrite was in that time period? It was a thespian. It was someone who acted upon a stage, and those people who wore different masks to play different parts were called hypocrites. You know what Jesus was actually saying to the Pharisees? He's saying, you're, you're playing a part, but this is not who you are. So when they would attack Jesus, you know what Jesus, Jesus wasn't saying, you hypocrite. He wasn't attacking them back. He was saying, this is not who you are. You truly want to please God. You're just putting on a mask. This is not who you are. Even to the Pharisees, Jesus walked in grace and mercy. And can I be honest with you? The modern church looks more like Pharisees than we do the original church. And we know why. We've told ourselves, Read your Bible, you'll be closer to God. Pray, you'll be closer to God. Do this, you'll be closer to God. Y'all, where does it stop? If I read 15 hours a week, am I closer to God? What if I read 25 hours a week, am I closer? What if I read every waking hour of the day, would I be one with God? What if I prayed 50 hours a week? Do you see how that religious hamster wheel starts spinning and it never stops? That is why we get stuck in shame, guilt, because we focus on behavior modification. What does that mean? If I just do this, but what happens when you don't do that behavior you claim to be most important? You fall back in condemnation. You fall back in guilt. And that mode of thinking, it takes one bad day to make you feel like you have to restart all over again. But when we focus on Jesus, when we focus on Jesus, transformation happens. Not behavior modification. Behavior modification is the flesh. Transformation comes from oneness with Jesus. And y'all, I'm telling you right now, for this guy right here, who felt like he had to strive and strive for you guys, for you to be closer to God, can I tell you, can, can I show you a scripture that has completely, absolutely wrecked me this week where I was on my knees crying, crying and crying like a little baby? Ephesians 2.13. Ephesians 2.13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near. Can I tell you this word near in the Greek, ingus? It means time an actual space where you are. Do you know what this scripture is saying? Those of you who are in Christ Jesus are already as close to God as you will ever be right now in this moment. Did you hear that? Saints, there is nothing you can do to get closer to God. And you know what's even crazier? You know, you know what's even crazier? I can't be closer to God than Miss Jackie is. I can't be closer to God than Ja is. Yeah, Joe, I can't be closer. Corbin, I can't be closer to God than you are. Austin, I can't be closer to God than you are. What does scripture say? Romans 2.11, for there is no partiality with God. Galatians 2.6, 
God shows personal favoritism to no man. Can I tell you how that has wrecked my striving spirit this week? That there is nothing, and some of y'all are going to be like, oh, pastor, you are, this ain't true. It is true. Can I tell you that for the past 1,800 years, this was preached in the church? But the past 200 years in America, this was not preached in the church? The early church fathers, y'all want to hear something even crazy? The early church fathers are the disciples of the disciples. Those who followed Peter, John, Andrew, all of them. Do you know what? Do you know what everything, every topic that the early church fathers wrote about, even hell, do you know what, do you, do you know what their, main, their main topic was even within that? It was union. In America, the gospel in America is get out of, get out of hell free card. Right, like Monopoly, right? Get, get out of jail free card. In America, get saved so you don't go to hell. You know what the gospel is in the Bible? Become one in union with the Holy Trinity of the universe. We have made it so surface level. Is getting out of hell amazing? Yeah, it's, but it's this much of the gospel. It's this much of the gospel. Lord Jesus, speak through me. So church, I'm here. I'm growing in union with the Holy Trinity. But for us to get where we need to get as a church, I need you diving into these scriptures because in order for us to get where we need to be, unity in this church, we all need to be, we all need to be walking in union. Not striving, not striving because you literally can do nothing. It's a revelation of the heart. And the last thing I want to see is for us to be stuck in the friend zone. Mm, Lord Jesus, help us. Let's, look, let, let's see. Galatians 2.20. This has hit me in a whole new way. I have been crucified. What is that word before Christ? What is that word? With. with. What does that mean? What, what does with mean? Does it mean, does it mean he died 2,000 years ago? I'm just taking part in it. Does it mean 2,000 years ago something happened? No. What does with mean? You are with him. Miss Elaine, I'm with you right now, am I not? So what is that saying for us as Christians? We were with him when he died on that cross. With him, not, not just learning about it, not just head knowledge. We were with him. Let, let's continue. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives where? If you ask a child where Jesus lives, where would they say? What was that? If you ask a Christian where Jesus lives, where? Um, somewhere in heaven. He's, he's up there, you know, ruling and reigning in heaven. He's in our hearts. He's in us. My goodness. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. Where? In the Son of God. Not I have faith about. It says in. That word is union in the Greek. Who loved me and gave himself for me. My goodness. Galatians 3, 26 through 28. For you are, what is that word? All sons of God through faith in who? What is that word? In Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Do y'all know in the Greek, do you know what this means to put on Christ? It means you put him on like a, uh, like a coat. He covers you. And that word put on literally means to cover fully. So it's not just a coat. It was like if you put on a full body wetsuit, if you were to go scuba diving. It's saying Jesus now fully covers you. Mm. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. Read that for me, everybody together. What's that last part? One in Christ Jesus. 
I guess I'll get into this. Yeah, let's do that. Number one, I want you to write this. This is just two, two quick points. Now, because of union, we do not have to strive. That's the law. That's the law in the Old Testament. Now, because of union, we do not have to strive because that's law. Striving is law. Can I tell y'all that this, this passage was me? Auntie, you remember when I read this and I got messed up by this? Galat- Listen, Galatians 3, 2 through 3, y'all, this messed me up. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? My, mm. Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? How often do we strive in our own flesh to be good enough for God? And it's out of a genuine heart, is it not? We love him. We want to be pleasing to him. So we try and we try. But what happens when we try? What do we do when we try? And we fail and we fail and we fail. And what does that do to our consciousness? Makes us feel like crap, doesn't it? It makes us feel unworthy, doesn't it? It makes us walk in guilt and shame and condemnation and all these nasty things. Mm. I want to read that again. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit, right? It's God's work. Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? That's the whole reason we needed him in the first place, wasn't it? Because we couldn't even begin the work ourselves. Now are we trying to carry on what we couldn't even start? My goodness. Union comes by the way of covenant. Listen, you got a lot of people these days living together, don't you? Oh, we've been together for a long time. We might as well live together, right? Right, we're we're basically married, no. Marriage comes by covenant. Marriage comes by covenant, not affiliation. Marriage comes when you sign that, that marriage certificate, vowing yourself, making a covenant to your spouse. Union comes by way of covenant. Some of y'all need to make a covenant in your heart with Christ. Too long we've looked at him as just a friend. It's time he becomes our bridegroom. Mm. Listen, y'all, this one, this is a quote from Joshua Jones. This messed, y'all, I'm telling you, you want to know why this messed me up? Because I wanted to be so good for God. I have been striving to be so good for God. I've been performing my heart out. But did you hear that word? Performing. If you perform in the church, it's a short indicator that you are stuck in the old covenant way of thinking. You know what I'm doing today? I'm just living, y'all. I'm, my gosh, I'm just, oh my heavens. Y'all, some of us have got to stop striving and start living. I was striving so hard. You can ask those around me. I was so stressed out, so burdened down by the weight. But you know what I did? I took Jesus for his word in Matthew 11, and I took his yoke. And can I tell you, it is light and it is easy. Mm. Listen, you do not have to impress God. He pressed himself into you. What? Listen to that again. You do not have to impress God. That song, Jaira, says, God, I don't need a trophy to make you proud. I don't need to come with my works. Why? Because what? Faith comes by hearing and receiving the word, not by your works. You can't be saved by works. Only faith alone. But listen to that. I need y'all to get this. You do not have to impress God. He pressed himself into you. Jesus Christ now lives inside of you. He has pressed his very identity into you as sons and daughters. 
There's nothing you can do to impress him because he's already impressed. When he sees you, he sees Jesus. How much closer can you be to God than having his son living inside of you? Mm. Number two, point number two. There's no more trying to get close to God. You cannot, number two, no more trying, capital trying to get close to God. You cannot get any closer to God than you are right now. Like I read, Ephesians 2.13. Y'all, you cannot get any closer to God. You can only grow in your revelation of his nearness. And can I tell you, I'm becoming an Acts 17.28 man. In him I live, I move, and I have my very being. Can I tell y'all, I'm not begging the presence of God to come. I walk with him now. Can I tell you in the past week, I have experienced what Adam did in the garden. I'm walking with my father in the cool of the day. Do you understand that what Adam destroyed, Jesus Christ came and restored? We can walk with God now. Do you hear me? There's no more. Yo, that's the gospel. There's no more separation. There's union. What? what? Let's, go, let's go back. Let's go back to, to the first scripture. Well, let's, let's go. What does it say? But God has brought you into union with Christ Jesus, and God has made Christ to be our wisdom. By him we are what? Put right with God. The whole problem in the first place why Jesus had to come was we weren't right with God. We have been put right with God already. There is saints. There's nothing you can do. And listen, stop calling yourself sinners. Call yourself saints. Not that we don't sin, but whatever you call yourself is how you live. If you are walking, calling yourself a sinner, what are you going to live in? Christ died so you would be called a saint. Listen, we have been mistaught. A saint is not a perfect person. A saint is not a perfect person. A saint is a person who has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Hope. Y'all, it's time we walk in our true identities. You cannot be any closer to God than anyone else's. Listen, some of y'all need to get this. Some of y'all need to get this. You want to know how I know you need to get this? Because I needed to get this. I have looked at pastors and people for years and said, how are they so close to God? I'm just as close to God as they are. They were just more aware of their nearness. I'm as close to God as my Papa Blizes. You're You are as close to God as Kenneth Blizes, Marcus. What happens when we awaken to that? What happens when we awaken to the fact that we are walking and living and moving and eating and breathing and talking and doing daily activities and working in the presence of God? That's why scripture says, do everything as unto the Lord. Because you are literally walking in his presence. <laughs> Y'all, if we get that in the church, it's going to be revolutionary. Mm. Acts 17, 28. Let, let's, hey, let's read this together. Read this with me. For in him we live and move and have our being. We can stop right there. For in him we live and move and have our being. Can you imagine if we live that way? Could you imagine if, if, if we live like we're walking hand in hand with the God of the universe, talking with him? Listen, do we understand that in, in, in this time period, they didn't have Bibles? Did you know the first Bible was not put together fully until 600 years after Jesus? Did you know that? Do you think, do, do you think we're closer to God than they were just because we have a book? Do, do you know how they lived? Y'all, without a Bible telling you what to do, what were they doing? For in him they were living, they were moving, and they had their very being. 
Listen, I love reading my Bible. Way more than I did. You want to know why? Because, listen, striving is a burden. Loving is a privilege. Do you hear that? Striving is a burden. It weighs you down. Loving is a privilege. It's what I want to do. I want to love him more. I don't read my Bible because it gets me closer. I read my Bible because I get to love him deeper when I read it. It's different. I don't pray to him now because I feel like I got to get away. I got to set aside time. Oh, God. No, I talk to him. That's why Paul says continually, continually pray. Because what, how did, do you understand? Paul's the one who said this. Paul, Paul's, Paul was this Acts 17, 28 man. He's the one who said it. That's how he lived. In him, I live, I move, and I have my very being. How, all, how often do, do, we, do we make it like we have to schedule out time for God? Who does, who does that? You can raise hands because I did that about a week ago. I, I felt like I could only hear from God if I sat in my office, play some worship music. I got this set now. But you know what? He talks to me continually now. Can I tell you in the past week, I have been more free than I have in the first 24 years of my life. And I've actually read the Bible more now than I did before. Because now when I read it, I'm not just reading it to read it. I, I, Luke, at the end of Luke, before Jesus goes into, into heaven, before he ascends into heaven, you know what he does? He sits with the Old Testament and he explains it to his disciples. Did you know when you open your word, if you ask Jesus to give you revelation, he'll give it to you? And you know what's crazy? Just as he sat and read the Bible with his disciples, I can now sit with Jesus and Read the scriptures. Y'all, this stuff ain't no joke. For too long, we have tried to compartmentalize. Why? Because we've called it a religion and not a marriage. What would happen if I told my wife, I'm only going to spend time with you on Sunday, Wednesday, and maybe on Tuesday? What do you think my wife would do? She wouldn't be there. She said, if that's all I get of your time, I'm not there. How often do we treat God that way? I have union with my wife. Even when I'm apart from her, I'm still with her. Does that make sense? It's the same thing with God. Whether you're in this building, whether you're out of this building, you know, the world needs Jesus. And do you know when Jesus said, you are the light of the world, do you know what he was saying? He was saying that when you have union with me, I literally shine through you. It's not your own light. You can't do anything to be good enough. Your light would still be darkness if it was up to you. But it's Jesus. Oh my, y'all, this is, this is the too good to be true good news of Jesus Christ. Mm. There is no more distance. Do you know how radically transformative that is when you realize there's no more distance between you and God? And that even when you sin, listen, even when you sin, it's already covered by Jesus. Look, next week we're getting into the complete forgiveness and how it's not a license to sin. Read Romans 6, it's not a license to sin. But even when you sin, Christ died past, present, future sins. Um, when Christ died, where were all of your sins? With him, but where? In the future. They were in the future. Unless you were born 2,000 years ago, right? So all of our sins were in the future when Jesus died. What does that mean? They're still covering for all of eternity. His blood still covers for all of eternity. Y'all, this is too good. I need y'all to ponder on these verses. Jesus is not just with us. He is one with us. My, how beautiful is that? I, I, I'm not here. Listen, it's Ephesians 4.13, right? The, the famous football scripture, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you, know, do you know what Paul was actually saying? Paul was saying, through the Jesus that's inside of me, I can do all things. But do you even know what he was saying? He said, I, I know what it's like to abound. I know what it's like to have nothing. I know what it's like to you know, live in a lap of luxury. I know what it's like to be dirt poor. So what was he saying? No matter what this world gives me, through the Jesus that lives in me, 
I'll conquer it all because he's already conquered the world. Mm. Mm. Listen, I want you to know you're a house fit for a king. I want you to know, let, let, let's, read, let's read some scripture. Oh, there we go. Let's read some scripture. Where are we at? Give me a second, y'all. Where are we at? Romans 2, Colossians, nope. Bear with me, bear with me, y'all. Y'all be pondering these verses. Which the one I wanted? Wait, John 4. Did I put John 14 on here? Pastor Charlie tried to steal my, there it is. Pastor Charlie tried to steal my thunder this morning. John 14, John 14, verse 20. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you, right? That's that unity, right? That's union, oneness. Verse 23, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. But what does he say if anyone loves me? He didn't say if anyone strives to get to me, he'll keep my word, right? He said, if anyone loves me. Y'all, this is not about striving. It's about loving. God bless. Mm. Help me, Jesus. Verse 23. And my father will love him and he will come to him. And what? What, is that? what does that last part say? You're a house fit for a king. But you need to be awakened to that, to that revelation. Listen, if you are in Christ Jesus, listen, I'm not saying just everyone. If you are in Christ Jesus, you're already good enough. You're already loved. You're already enough. You're already forgiven. You're already a son and daughter when you are in Christ Jesus. Mm. Listen, our highest form of worship is not obedience. What? Our highest form of... Y'all, I could pay people to be obedient to me. I've been a boss. People had to be obedient to me or I could fire them. If you got power, people have to obey you. If you are in a place to take away their livelihood, they have to obey you. Usually people obey out of fear. Listen, I knew not to cross my dad because I knew he would whoop my tail. And I was obedient, not just because I loved him, but because I was scared he was going to beat my behind. Listen, our highest form of worship is not obedience because usually when we focus on obedience, we're terrified God's going to smite us or something. Right? We've got, oh God, if I don't do this, you're going to leave me. God, if I don't do this. Did you know our highest form of worship is a heart smitten with love? Your highest form of worship is a heart smitten with love. Y'all, it's not about striving for too long. For too long, we have lived in the old covenant way of striving and not the new covenant way of living. Do y'all remember on that Wednesday night when I asked y'all, what type of church do you want to be? We said, we want to be a house of transformation. We want to be a hospital for the sick. We want to be a, a, a redemption light for the lost. Who transforms hearts? Jesus. Who heals the sick? Jesus. Who brings redemption to the lost? Jesus. Not me. I sure enough can't do it. Not Miss Jackie. She can't do it. Not Brother Kenny. He can't do it. But Jesus in us can do that. So if we want to see this house come to be what we are praying it becomes, what we are longing to see this house become. If this church is to become what we want it to be, we first have to seek deeper revelation of union with Christ. Because guess what? The more we become in union with Christ, the more we become like Christ. Can I tell you, me and my wife have grown in union since we first got married. Me and my wife know each other like the back of our hands now, right? Nothing's hidden. We're open with one another. When we first got married, we had to work through some stuff. Anybody? When you first got married, you had to work through some stuff? Y'all too prideful in this house, Lord. Me and Serena had to work through some stuff, right? But as that union grew, we grew, and we grew together. 
That's what happens when you get deeper revelation of our union with Christ. His strength becomes your strength. And your weakness is swallowed up by his strength and union. Then I tell you that in union, the strength of the stronger becomes the strength of the weaker. You want to know why you keep failing? You want to know why you keep struggling with this? It's because we haven't become union with Christ. When we're in union with Christ, his strength becomes our strength. That's why Paul in Philippians 4.13 said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because it was the strength of Christ through him, not his own strength. He knew he wasn't good enough. And you know, if we truly want to impact this community, all, y'all, all we have to do is be earthen, earthen vessels being willing to be used by Jesus. To let Jesus, did you know now when you lay hands on somebody, it's not just you, it's Jesus laying hands through you? Do, do, do you know God's plan on ruling and reigning on the earth was you? Is you. You're the kingdom of God. What? Did you know Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to get more into this in, in the following weeks of our inheritance as, as being in union, joint heirs with Christ. Did you know in Ephesians chapter 2, write this down, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. No, I'm going to pull it up on my phone. Like I said, y'all, this is a talk today. Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 7. This blew me away. And you're like, Pastor Rosai, you're crazy. No, because we're, we're actually going to, we're going to see the verbiage here. Okay, ready? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 7. But God, who is rich in mercy, amen. Is he rich in mercy? Amen. Because of his great love, which he loved us. Is that not good, man? Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Amen. By grace. Listen. And raised us up and met. Do you hear the past tense? And raised. What does raised mean? It means he already did, right? Or he would have said, been raising ye, right? Which means continue. Listen, and raised us up together and made us, made, that's past tense, made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Did you know right now in this moment you are seated in the heavenly places and Christ is ruling through you? Right now in this moment your inheritance is heaven. And right now in this moment, y'all blow my mind, right now, do you know why we have authority to, to bound in heaven and loose in heaven? Because we are in Jesus and Jesus is in us and he's currently ruling and reigning in the heavens, which means we are too. Did you know the church was always meant to walk in the authority of Christ? Did you know that's why he said, when the Holy Spirit comes in you, right? When, when, I, when I'm able to become one with you, union, right? Because Holy Spirit, Jesus, and God are what? One. So that means we have the living God living in us. Whenever he said, it is good for you that I go so we can become one, you would do greater works than I. Did you know he meant that? For too long, we have read the Bible and not just believed what it said. I'm pretty sure whenever I was like 10, I actually understood the Bible better than I do now sometimes because I got all these ideologies and all, the, all these religious concepts in my mind instead of reading the word for what it says. Can I tell you that the authors of the Bible were not trying to confuse you? Do, do you understand that? The authors of the Bible were not trying to confuse you. What they said is what they meant. And when we become one with Jesus, when we become in union, one with Jesus, we will ruin reign on the earth like he always created us to be. Did you know the book of Revelation calls us kings and priests? Not sinners and slaves. Whew, y'all need to hear me. Calls us kings and priests. Kings, not slaves and sinners. But how often do we walk as slaves and sinners? When our inheritance is to be kings. And do you know what it says? It says you shall be kings and priests that what? Rule on the earth. When God created mankind and formed us and literally breathed his breath of life into us, Adam, the first man, he created us to rule and reign on this earth as kings and priests. And it's time that we find our identity once again in Christ Jesus.
Will y'all stand with me as I pray? Listen, I didn't even know if I was going to share this today <laughs> because it's new to me, right? Like Jesus is just doing this in my heart and showing me. And y'all, the more, the more I read the early church fathers, the more I see that word union. It's everywhere. It's always been everywhere. Jesus himself says, I and you, you and me, y'all and us. You know what I'm saying? Over and over he says this. And y'all, 164 times Paul writes about this. 164 times he says, in Christ Jesus, in the Pauline epistles, in his writings. And Paul wrote majority of the New Testament. So what does that say to us? This is real. This, this is the gospel that he takes all your garbage and everything and gives you rest for your soul. Now, I want y'all to take these scriptures, even if you heard nothing I said, take these scriptures and ponder on them. Because y'all, I want us to be the true bride of Christ. Y'all, do y'all remember a couple weeks ago when I said, when we first got into the Sermon on the Mount, what did I say? I said, I've been seeking Jesus. And as the time draws near, I want us to be more pleasing to him. Little did I know he was calling us to be the true bride of Christ for the first time and not just his friend. It's more than that, y'all. Will you, will you raise your hands and pray with me today as we close? King Jesus, I, I thank you for being willing to live inside this body because I have put on Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's no longer Josiah Hodge and his filth and his scars and his baggage. It's no longer anxiety and depression in the mind. It's no longer striving to the point where I'm just overwhelmed. But it's living and moving and having our being in you, King Jesus. And King Jesus, I pray throughout this week that, they, that the congregation would read over these scriptures and that they would focus on union, such a simple concept, but so hard to struggle with in our culture of Christianity. But Jesus, I pray as you have given me this revelation in my heart where you have caused me to truly be free for the first time in my life. Galatians 5.1, he has set you free, so be free. For the first time in my life, I'm walking in true freedom. In Jesus Christ, I pray that the same revelation that you hit me and had me on my knees in tears, that you would destroy the performance mindset in my mind, but also in this congregation, that we would walk as the true bride of Christ, no longer stuck in the friend zone, but wearing that ring on our finger, being married in covenant in our spirits to Jesus Christ. Jesus, I thank you for this day. I just thank you for all you're doing. I pray that we would be a beautiful reflection of you as you show through us and in us. That when people ask us where you live, we would point to ourselves and say, in my heart. Oh, King Jesus, we love you. Empower us, help us to be more like you as you reign and rule in us. Because the only way for you to truly be our master, the only way for you to truly rule and reign in our hearts is for us to be one with you. King Jesus, be with us. Empower us. Help us. To, to be that, to be that change agent of transformation, of healing, and of redemption to the lost. King Jesus, I pray that everyone who's in this building, that you are moving in their hearts and moving in their minds. Because congregation, let me tell you, he's already in you. He's already in you. We just have to grow of our awareness of him. King Jesus, move in this place. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, we love you guys. I love you guys. And I am encouraged. I pray you are encouraged. Jesus is in this place. I love you guys. Pastor Betty, you have food across the street? Food across the street.